Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. We're officially welcome you guys out to another dating prep podcast, a podcast designed to help you date yourself and the love of your life forever. In the last two or three weeks, we've been going through my book, The Purpose of Freedom, helping people untie from soul ties and uproot strongholds. So we've been doing a book club here online as we navigate uh, scriptures and principles that can really help us understand what soul ties and strongholds are and how we as believers can overcome them. So if you're watching this live, do me a big favor and share this broadcast to as many people as possible. Forgive me for my tardiness. I was actually streaming on my Good Guys channel and I was like, oh, why is nobody coming in? And then I realized I was streaming on the wrong channel. So now I'm here on the right channel. So if you're listening, watching later, whether on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or on YouTube, I want to say thank you guys so much for listening, for watching, wherever medium that you choose. It's an honor to serve you guys um, from the from the fruit of my fellowship with the Father. Um, and uh, let's get right into it. <clears throat> but for those who have their books, and those who don't have their books, you can get your books now on Amazon.com. Just simply search Joshua Ezzy, and the book is called The Purpose of Freedom. And um, you can join us because we may be in this for about, about 15 or 20 more weeks. And then the next books club, the next book series that I'm going to do is from a, a, a other book, The Purpose of Singleness. So we're going to be in here for till about the rest of the year. And then the beginning of next year, we're going to go through the purpose of singleness book to help the singles. Or if my new book is out in time, I may go through that book. It's a book on courtship and dating a little bit more in depth of that process um, and confirmation from God, etc. But for those who have their books, we're on page 31. Um, that's where we stopped last. And today we're going to be talking about why are we soul tied? Why? Are we soul tied to these different things? What is the purpose of this soul tie? Why is this thing in my life? And really finish the rest of this chapter to gain more wisdom of how we can allow the Holy Spirit with our cooperation untie ourselves. What's up, everybody? Untie ourselves from those soul ties and become completely uprooted from those strongholds. Before I get into it, let's redo uh, some definitions. <clears throat> On page 27, we're going to do two. What's up, everybody? Michigan coming in. What's up, everybody? Thank you guys for coming in. Um, in the chat, those who's here with me live. But let's go over some definitions, and then we'll go back to page 31 and finish on how strongholds develop, and then get into why are we soul tied and why are there strongholds in our lives. The definition of a soul tie. And for those who's brand new, want to say thank you. And uh, for those who are new to the channel, subscribe, hit the bell. I would love for you to be a part of this fellowship here that we have on our Unplugger community here online. A soul tie. A soul tie is any internal connection a person has to a person, place, product, or perspective, whether properly or improperly. That definition alone lets us know that there are proper ties. There are proper ties to people. I have a proper tie to my wife. I have a proper tie to my family. I have a proper tie uh, to the people that I serve. I have a proper tie to places. I have a proper tie to certain products. There's no abuse with those products. There are proper ties. Also got a proper tie to a perspective. But this definition also lets us know that some of us could be tied to people, places, products, or perspectives improperly, right? Um, exactly. We're tied to God. <clears throat> a stronghold, by definition, is the final stage of a perverted soul tie leading to mental barriers that a person cannot pass, etc. Now, let's get to page 31. If you want to catch more about what we said about this, um, I forgot the title 
uh, what are soul ties and what are strongholds. That video is already available on stream on all uh, podcast platforms, including YouTube, the visuals. But let's get back to page 31, uh, the bottom chapter. Before I do, let's talk about the problem of what we're going to discuss today. The problem is that many people know what they're tied to. They just don't know why they're tied to it. A lot of people, if you really have a conversation with them, and I do often, is that a lot of people know what they're tied to or who they're tied to. They just don't know when it began, how it began, and why they're even tied to them to such a degree to the point of it affecting their lives drastically. But let's finish reading. <clears throat> let's go into the book and let's really read point by point and see what we can glean for what the Holy Spirit wrote through me. In order for these seeds to become strongholds, right? Negative seeds. In order for these seeds to become strongholds, they need to be fed. The enemy's ultimate objective is to buy himself time for his negative satanic thoughts and agendas and, and uh, images to be fed. You got to be very careful what you feed. Whatever you feed leads. If you feed your flesh, your flesh will lead. If you feed your spirit, your spirit will lead. Whatever you feed the most leads the most. And the reason why many of us are so tired and uh, are not able to move beyond certain barriers is because we, we feed our carnal self more than we feed our renewed self. We, we feed the flesh more than we feed the fervency of the spirit that's in us. And you got to ask yourself, what do you eat? What do you eat physically? What do you eat emotionally? What do you eat mentally? What do you feed it? Do you feed it organic foods that will help it nourish your body, your mind, soul, and spirit? Or are you feeding it genetically modified foods that cause disease, dis-ease, dis-ease mentally, dis-ease emotionally, causing to be all over the place, causing to be a, a slave to, to, to something that you should, through the spirit of Christ, have power? That's right, Poet Extremes. We have to feast on the word of God. The word of God is active like vegetables. <clears throat> Just because a vegetable has been plucked out of the ground, the vegetable is still alive. There's still nutrients in it. It's still alive. It's still fresh. And, and, if, and, and the word of God never spoils, never gets old, that we can feed off the word of God as often as we want. But the sad thing is many of us do not sit at the table with God and feast from his word and really allow that thing to become us because you are what you eat. If you eat poorly, you have a poor you have a poor body, a poorly functioning body. If you eat properly, you have a properly functioning body. You are what you eat. You are what you don't eat. You know what I'm saying? And so if you're eating bad or eating poorly or not eating and feasting off the word of God and ensuring that you're eating from things that will bring life to you and not death, if you don't take the time to audit what you eat, you could be eating and short, shortening your life or your effectiveness spiritually. In order for these seeds to become strongholds, they need to be fed. Satan loves carnal appetites. He loves when we no longer hurt, hunger and thirst after God's righteousness. He cares. He His ultimate goal, again, amass his whole kingdom, <clears throat> is to get us to pursue carnal appetites. Appetites that, 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 that are awakened. Let's keep going. Satan loves carnal appetites. 
He loves it when we no longer hunger and thirst after righteousness because he knows that we will seek elsewhere to be fed. He knows that if, if I can make God boring to you, if we can make it difficult for you to do things disciplinely, spiritually, if we can make it extremely hard, difficult, um, or oh, uh, uh, make the things of God seem that they have no effect, that they don't produce anything, then I can get you into a place where you only feed yourself carnally. How many of us, we are more hungry and thirst after the next movie, the next episode of our favorite show, or more car or carnally uh, pursuing the appetite of, of a love, of relationship, more than we do the word of God? When was the last time when you came to the word of God, you was excited, and as you spent, and you lost track of time reading your word? It's crazy how we lose track of time in other things, but we track time when it comes to the things of God. Oh, okay. Oh, it's been five minutes. I guess I can stop. But when, but you just binge watch a whole uh, uh, a thing of Game of Thrones. You don't binge watch a whole season of Empire. You don't binge watch uh, or, or on YouTube a um, uh, 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 highlight after highlight after highlight of your favorite athlete. But it's crazy because whatever you feed most, lead most. If your spirit is dominant and everything is subject to the leader, lead, the leader of the lordship of the spirit of Christ in you, then when it comes to these different things, you will be like, you know what? I'll catch the game when I catch it because what me and God got going on in our unique time with each other, I just can't leave the word. He loves it when we no longer hunger and thirst after righteousness because he knows that we will seek elsewhere to be fed. If I can make God boring, if I can make the things of God of none effect in, in our minds, if we can make it seem like, okay, I don't really feel like it, then when it actually comes time to win a battle, we don't have enough word in us enough bullets in our chamber, which are scriptures, to shoot the devil's vain imaginations down. Let's keep going. This system, this demonic system is designed. Good evening. Oh, my wife's watching. Oh, well, you know, I got to preach. I'm about to preach good now. This system is designed for you to awaken things in your life before it's time. This system, this world system is designed for you and myself to awaken things in our life before it's time. He wants you to have sex before it's time, pursue companionship before it's time. He wants immature people to pursue mature things before the time. The reason why there are a bunch of broken people is because a bunch of immature people are trying to manage mature things. He loves it when we awaken things before it's time. He loves it when we are, when we have sex before it's time or jump into a relationship before it's time or, or whatever before it's time because he knows that immature people don't know how to manage mature things. Things. Sex was invented by God. There's nothing wrong with sex. There's nothing wrong with uh with with sex within the context. The context of sex is in a relationship, or not a relationship, but in a marriage where both the husband and wife are completely submitted to God. No other place is sex safe. So if you take sex out of its safest place, it's like taking a nuclear reactor outside of the plant. It's like taking a lion out of the jungle. It's like taking something that's powerful and potent in an uncontrollable situation. Because when you take something as powerful as sex, as powerful as love outside of its safe confines, it will birth destruction. It is too potent for, for immature people to handle. So when you take sex out of marriage and you take sex away from a marriage where God is not leading or where God is leading it and put it even in a marriage where, where there's two people married properly, quote unquote, then that person who has a lust issue, that wife or husband has an insecure or lust issue, 
situation, even in that context, sex is not safe. And that's what he wants us to be individuals of premature individuals practicing things that are damaging us and we don't reap the effects until years later. The enemy does not care about immediate effects. He just wants immediate comfort. He wants you to become immediately comfortable with the sin that you practice so that when you have had your sup and you done ate it and you chewed it and it's become a part of your normal life uh, uh, regimen, then the consequences bite you at a place, at a season, you didn't know it was coming. This system is designed for you to awaken things in your life before it's time. There is a time. <clears throat> That's what the Bible says. Don't be weary in well-doing for induced for induced season. You shall reap if you faint not in due season. There's a season that's due to you, but you got to pay your dues. And your dues is discipline. See, I'd rather pay the dues of discipline now than to have to pay the dues and be in debt due uh, to consequences. Listen, your due season, you have to meet your dues. This doesn't mean you're working for God's love or working for righteousness. It just means I got to pay. I got to do my part in my discipline from the lordship of Jesus and my dependency on him. And my love for him that inspires me to pay the dues. And what I mean by paying dues is saying, I'm going to do what I feel, what I don't feel like doing to eventually do what I would love to do. I'm going to pay the dues of denying myself. I'm going to pay the dues of crucifying my flesh. I'm going to pay the dues. And I'd rather pay on this side than to pay on the other side and not to really get to enjoy what life has to offer. He wants you to awaken things before their time. Because he knows just how dangerous good things are in the lives of immature people. He wants you to have sex before his time, pursue companionship before his time. He wants immature people to pursue mature things before the time. He knows that once you taste Kool-Aid for the first time, you will never want water again. He knows that once you taste Kool-Aid for the wrong, once he says he knows that once you taste Kool-Aid for the first time, you will never want water again. And if you never want water again, then you won't be properly hydrated. Jesus told the woman at the well, he said, look, man, many people will drink from this well and be thirsty again. Right. That they'll keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. But he said, if you thirst, if you drink of me, you will never be thirst again. But the enemy doesn't want you to be you. He doesn't want your thirst to be quenched eternally by the water spring of the Holy Ghost. What he wants you to do is taste the artificial flavorings, even though it's water, I'm going to mix this water or this, I'm going to contaminate or bring a false thing of water and make it have a sweet taste to it that you will, you, that you would desire the world stuff more than you will the water stream of God and that you will find yourself dehydrated versus hydrated. I want to be spiritually, emotionally, physically, and mentally hydrated so that I can be able to weather all conditions so that when I find myself in the midst of heat, I am properly hydrated because I have a welloping spring inside of my soul that never runs dry. And I know that I can tap into that spring, which is the Holy Ghost, anytime. But if I grieve him, how can he lead me? If I grieve him, how can he how can he hydrate me for the next battle or the next heat or hot moment? 
He knows that once you taste Kool-Aid for the first time, you will never want water again. I don't want the things of God no more. I done tasted this. And that's what happens. The reason why God doesn't give us the things that we, the things that we want or the people that we want when we want them, because he knows that we will idolize them and forget him. God is not going to give you anything without contentment in your heart. And what happens is many people's like, I'll be cool with God until you ain't going to never say it, but you think it. We think it. I'm, oh, I'll serve God, but we serve God to get. And then when we quote unquote get, but we didn't get from God, but we settle and got it for ourselves, then we're done with God. God is a God of decency and order. He's a God of making sure that you are content in him and that he's number one and at the center of everything. If you're not content and if he's not at the center, then, then, then he can't really trust you with companionship. He can't really trust you with cash. He really can't trust you with anything that requires a strong Christ-like character to manage. He wants you to replace, let's turn the page. He wants you to replace what you need for something that will destroy you from the inside out. He wants you to replace what you need. It's crazy how most of our prayers, most of our uh, uh, conversation is about what we want. This is what I want. But do we know what we truly want? Do we know what we truly need? The enemy wants us to replace what we need for something that will destroy us from the inside out. He wants to get in. He utilizes his system, his culture, his music, his movies, his television, his 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 uh, uh, um, hand on culture to press inside. He wants to he wants to be from the outside inside then outside. What he wants to, he wants to flood in you, then flood out of you, because the flood out of you will affect other people. And then your poor modeling of the role of manhood or your poor model of the role that you modeling of womanhood is now is in the is now sinking into the minds of those that look up to you. He uses things in culture to get inside the climate of your life so that he can utilize those things to come out of you. To drastically affect somebody else. He loves for you to be soul tied. He loves for you to be hurt. He loves for you to be abused and misused and not be healed. He loves hurting people. That's why you got a bunch of hurting ministers, hurting preachers, hurting moms, hurting husbands, hurting wives. Trying to, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't hold or help if hurt. You can't hold properly or help properly if you haven't been properly healed. So what happens is he wants a bunch of hurt people holding key positions. He wants a bunch of hurt people holding key positions, passing their hurt from generation to generation. And it may not be the same hurt. Young little, little Susie Sue may not have experienced what her mom experienced, but she done put a hurt mentality in that young girl. And now that hurt mentality is now flooding into her marriage. That hurt mentality from that young man seeing what he saw his mom go through or the pain that he was going through is now that hurt is being passed down. That's why when as a BMT at my school, I would get, I would really have to talk to teachers because I tell teachers, if you frustrated with the kid, your frustration goes into the kid. And now a part of you is in that kid. And now I got to deal with a frustrated child and, and a residue of a frustrated teacher. What we do passes on. That's why if you want to heal somebody, you have to be healed. Because if you're hurt, even if you're saying things that are helpful, it comes through a hurtful tone. You saying the right thing, but in the wrong tone. 
You're saying the right things, but but I feel your hurt. I feel your pain. Now you telling me to be independent or you telling these young women to be independent women. And all of a sudden, but it came through a hurt tone. And now that hurt tone is inside that young girl. But now she feel like she don't need no man. She wants a man, but she's giving off the impression that she don't need a man. Or you have these young men, these men who've been hurt are telling these young men that women are going to hurt you. So you might as well just use them as banana pills. You pill them and then eat them and then throw the pill away. And now that young man has a hurt mentality from the insecurity of his father, from the insecurity of his uncle. He knows hurt people can't hold or help properly. So what he wants is to get inside of you. How can I get my negative thoughts inside of you? How can I get these things inside of you to mess up the way you think about God and mess up the way you think about yourself, to mess up the way you think about love? It's all about right here. And so many people are hurting right now and their soul tie and their stronghold to a, that's right, hurt people pass down generational hurt, generational curses, generational curses, curses. Is is the wrong? Is it's not the truth? A curse it doesn't help. So what happens is you mess up a kid's mind, and since you are the most influential person in that kid's mind, now that kid is gleaming from you, and now the kid is thinking, "Well, mama did it. I'ma do it." So if mama put a bunch of salt on her food, I want my food to taste like that. So I'ma put a bunch of salt on my food, and you wonder why heart disease passes from generation to generation. Mama and daddy had a bunch of cakes and and pies growing up, and she was diabetic. Now I'm diabetic. Whatever you practice. In your single life, you will practice as a husband or a wife, you will practice as a parent, and it will pass on to generation to generation. That's why you got to look at your life and say, what are the things I need to have in my life that will ensure that I live my best life, a whole life, a life that's able to help and hold properly. And that's what's going on for years. One moment with pornography leads to masturbation and masturbation then leads to the need to to add a partner. Then once the partner is no longer satisfying, then it leads to multiple partners. Then once multiple partners can't suffice, then the appetite leads to desiring the same sex. Once the same sex, then Lord knows what else. It starts from one thing. It starts from one little glimpse. We live in a pornographic society. Where, where even in the dress, even in how we carry ourselves, it's seductive. And he knows, the devil knows, hey, God, you got some good soldiers, but they got to go through my bad world. And what you got to do is you got to know in whom you believe and why you need him and why you need these hurts and strongholds. Because hurt people do things that eventually will hurt them even more. So what you have to do is. I got to know that this one little moment of temporary pleasure, this one little moment of fun, it's only going to lead to me being done and messed up and affected. And now I'm hurt, but I got too many consequences to get healed. The enemy knows that most people don't know how to heal when they got to be when they got when they're too busy trying to help so many other things. He knows it's going to be hard for a single mother to heal up when she got to tend to her job and tend to her three kids. He knows it's difficult for a man to heal from what happened to him many years ago. If I can surround him with two baby mamas and 14 and a half kids, you see what I'm saying? He knows that the more you get into sin, the more of your chances of winning is little. If you do not know God for yourself, if you don't know the word of God for yourself, 
It doesn't matter how many kids you have. It doesn't matter how many consequences you have around you. Nothing is too hard for God. But if you don't know how good God is, you won't be able to see just how able he, he is in helping you overcome these hard things. But he knows if I can make life hard for you and get you in a moment of bliss to fall in sin, to fall in issue, now you got consequences. He knows condemnation lasts longer than most of us believe. So what we have to do is get to the root. Why am I so tied to this thing? What does the word of God say about this thing? Is it true or is it a lie? And so we know the word of God is true. I'm going to anchor myself on God's word. And the reason why many of us fall into temptations because we never hide his word in our heart. The Bible says, I think it was David that said, I hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Might not means I ain't in sin. It's, it's hard for you to, it's hard, it's going to be more difficult for you to try to put God's word in you in the midst of you being in a pit of temptation. But when we practice the proactive, being proactive to the reactive, now we can say, I'm going to put God's word in my heart so that when temptation comes, I know for a fact I got the word of God. Doom, doom, doom. I can knock those things down. Because like I always say, in the wilderness, Jesus told Satan, told only gave Satan the word. One moment with pornography, one moment with her in the bedroom, one moment with him, one moment with them leads to could lead to a life, could lead to seasons of pain. Let's keep going. See, love awakened before its time <clears throat> turns into love's premature state. Love awakened before its time turns to love's premature state. There's a premature, like, like, like there's, there's like, oh, let me keep going. I'll make it plain soon. Lust and lust, lust has no boundaries. See, love awakened before its time turns into, into love's premature state, lust, and lust has no boundaries. The carnal state of love is lust. The opposite of love is lust. Love is balanced. Love is genuine. Love is pure. Love sees. See this shirt? Love is not blind. Infatuation is. And this shirt's available on my website. Love is not blind. Love sees clearly. Love can see. No, love is knowledgeable. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love, love knows the difference between things. The enemy doesn't want us in love. He wants us in lust because he knows lust is just overbearing desires. Overbearing means I can't bear it no more, so I got to have it. Love is a bearable thing. Love is not overbearing. Love is bearable. Anytime you feel overwhelmed or, or is something overbearing, then that's not love. You either caught up in somebody else's lustful web or you caught up in your own lustful pursuits. God, who is love, will help you love, will help you bear the things that you're supposed to love. But when it becomes overbearing, then chances are you in the web of somebody else's lust or in the web of your own. Lust has no boundaries. The enemy knows, hey, let me slide this pornography. Let me slide this little sex. Let me slide this, slide this little foreplay. Let me slide this. It's innocent in the beginning. It feels good in the beginning. But lust has no boundaries. Love has boundaries. Right now, my love for my wife gives my marriage boundaries. It gives me boundaries. If I don't have no love, 
I don't have no boundaries. Love is not about a feeling. Many of us who think love is a feeling, love is not a feeling. Love is factual. Lust is feelings. Love is factual. Love means it doesn't matter if I find myself not liking my wife, if I find myself upset with my wife. I know love is logical. I know, I know love is factual. I know why I'm in love. I know that she's my helpmate. I know she's the one God made for me. Therefore, I can talk myself out of or cast down vain imaginations and move things out of my mind because I know why I'm in love. The reason why people don't have no respect for God, they don't even know what love is. And so what they do is they have this carnal idea of love that God is some Santa Claus and don't care about how you live your life. And we just live recklessly like God ain't balanced in his love. God is a tender but tough loving God. God chastens those whom he loves. If God sees you as perfect, then why why does he chasten us? Why does he rebuke us? Why does he chasten us? That is the reason why we have to understand that in order for me to navigate this life, I have to know what is love, what is lust. That love has boundaries, lust doesn't. That if you entertain or awaken lust before a love before it's time, that sex is great in its time, but it's lust outside of its time. Lust misuses good things. Sex is a good thing, but in the hands of a lustful man, in the hands of a lustful woman, that good thing is now perverted. And now it's a tool, it's a good tool used pervertedly. See, love awakened for its time turns to love's premature state, lust, and lust has no boundaries. This process is in a lot of scenarios where one look at this or one conversation with this person or one listen to this leads to a series of actions leading to imprisonment. This is what happens to a lot of people. The enemy knows that this is evident in all of our lives. One look at her. One conversation with them. What else? One listen to this leads to a series of actions. The enemy starts small. When you tasted that apple juice for the first time, that Kool-Aid for the first time, you thought you were experiencing a refreshing that you never had before. Not, it's crazy how many of us taste things without considering the ingredients. We taste things without taking the time to see what's in it. The enemy wants us to taste things without looking at the back of it. (laughs) He wants us to be able to see the nice packaging. Uh, He wants us to be like most of us do when we shop. We just pull it off the shelf and we don't take the time to look at the ingredients. And half of the stuff that's in the food, we can't even pronounce. And if you can't pronounce it and you can't find its seed and you can't find its its original state, then chances are you're eating something that your body can't digest. Have you ever ate corn before? And when you use the bathroom, you saw corn come out? And what's in all of our foods? Cornstarch, corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup, corn, corn, corn. If you don't look at the packaging, if you don't do your research, if you don't take the time to really look in what you're eating, you could be eating something that tastes good, but because you didn't consult the ingredients, could actually be bad for you. Your digestive system is more than just your tongue. The enemy wants you to be slaves to your taste buds. Taste buds emotionally, mentally, and physically. He wants you addicted. He wants you to be able to say, I don't care about my esophagus. 
I don't care about my stomach. I don't care about my small intestines or my large intestines. I don't care about when it comes out. All I care about is brief moment. Do you not know that the bulk of us are slaves and we only eat with our taste buds in mind? We do this in everything. All we care about is the sex. We don't care about the consequences. We don't care about how it's going to affect my lives. And we don't, we don't care. We just want it now. So what all we do is taste the moment. And when you done bust and when you done got off and when she looking at you crazy, y'all looking at each other. Now the ecstasy is over. Now the moment is done. And now you're left with a deeper tie to that joker. Now you're left with a deeper tie to that Jezebel. Now all of a sudden, now you don't know what to do with your life because you're tired. You're not tired. You're tied. You're tied to him now. Everything we do in sin or outside the context of his original use always hurts us, even if we don't see the consequences. Because one interaction with a person prematurely, all of a sudden now you become even more infatuated. Now your body, that's why you can't have sex with people that's not your wife or your husband who guys because your body registers stuff. Do you not know that you have a registrar, that you have a register of, of your body confused? Your body's like, who, who's, who's, who's our soul's sexual partner? Who's the one that's supposed to take care of us, right? Now your body confused because now your body's going to start craving what was only meant to be craved in marriage. And how many of us are craving things and we're not in the right place to eat them or experience them? He just knows. All I want you to care about is the taste of it. I don't want you to care about anything beyond it. I just want you to care about the taste of it. Because if I can get you on the taste, then I can lead you to waste. If all I can get you to do is taste, 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 I don't care about how, it, how it's going to go through your system, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. Do you care about the systems of your life? That there is spiritual system, mental system, emotional system, and physical systems that, that things pass through. And what you put in you affects the other organs that's connected to it. It affects your mind, which affects your children, which affects your mama, which affects everything. What you watch now affects how your marriage is and what you do now affects your children. You just can't eat for you. You eat to live because the longer you live, the more you can add life to other those in the, in the land of the living. All I want you to do is taste because if I get you to taste the wrong thing, I can waste your life for it. Let's keep going. Leading to imprisonment. He knows these series of actions will lead to you being enslaved. And I can't believe I was a slave. To honey buns. I'm, I'm, I'm really like crazy. Like looking back out, I, I was one of my slave masters was honey buns. That honey bun, that honey bun at two for two twenty two, seven eleven honey buns. I ain't mess with the the glazed ones. I I mess with the white icing honey buns. I see, see, I wanted the honey buns with the with the with the layer on top of them. I wanted I wanted honey buns with a with a coat of icing on them. And even I'll be looking at the honey buns and I'll be like, I'll be looking at expiration dates. Okay. Which one's the freshest? I'm literally in front of the 7-Eleven. People are looking at me like I'm a fat guy, but I was sitting there looking at, okay, I was feel the honey bun. Ah, this one ain't too soft. I didn't want my honey bun too soft. And I also was like, it's the icing right. You know, I was, and I didn't even, I didn't open it. I knew I had a, I had, I had my honey bun eating experience down to a science. I was sitting there filling the wrapper 
And I was like, ah, oh, that's that's too fresh. You know, I want something fresh, but I also want my icing to be what it needs to be, right? And I'm over here, an expert at picking honey buns. And I was thinking the other day when I was preparing for this, I was like, man, I was a slave. A slave. I'm glad this made you laugh. I'm so glad I was a slave. Those two little honey buns. And I'll be mad when they went two for 222. And I wouldn't buy them. Because one thing about me, why eat one when I can have two? Why just buy one when I can buy two? So I would look for deals. And I'd be like, man, 7-Eleven, y'all tripping, bro. Why y'all got these honey buns on sale, bro? Why these honey buns ain't on sale? Bro, now I'm mad and I'm itching. Now I'm driving from 7-Eleven to 7-Eleven to 7-Eleven just to get a fresh thing of honey buns. That's how I was. Do you know how crazy we look? It's 11.15 and you drive into his house. How do you look going to his house? Now you don't go in the store, the store, the store to buy her something. And when you even when, when it's time for you to spend time with her, she's on her phone more than she is with you. And you out here looking crazy for one moment to get your fix, to get your high. What kind of people are we? You got to get to a place where you look at yourself and be like, yo, I'm tripping, tripping. You got to get to a place in life where you be like, yo, I, I'm really messed up. That's what I had to do. I'm, not, I'm, in the, I'm in the parking lot after I eat these honey buns. And yes, while I'm chewing through the moistness of this delicacy that's called a Danish. And yes, the icing is a refreshing to the soul. And yes, oh, I finished one honey bun. But then again, I reach in a bag and I'm like, thank God I got two. And I eat the second one. And then five minutes pass by, and I'm still not healed from the situation. I'm still not helped. Still not. Until I looked at the ingredients, I was like, my goodness, how many grams of fat in one honey bun? You mean to tell me that I'm got I'm doubling, I'm doubling my daily intake of fat with two honey buns? Then that's when it got real. Sometimes you got to sit down and look at the rapper and look at this young man and say, you mean to tell me he ain't got no job? And I'm in his mama's house because his mama is, is upstairs and I'm sneaking in downstairs in the basement. The beat. I'm looking at the rapper of her and I'm like, she got these artificial flavors. She and he got these artificial ingredients and I'm feeding myself this and it's killing me. You better get that young man, get that young woman and look at the back of the ingredients and say, is this double my daily intake of stress? Is this thing is doubling my intake of my energy? I'm getting, you mean to tell me that eating from this person, living with this person, dealing with this person is causing this much damage in me? You better watch these people's commercials. You better watch these people commercials. You know those uh, uh, pharmaceutical commercials talking about talking about if do you have elbow pain, and you sit on the counter. Oh, I do have elbow pain. Well, if you have elbow pain, we got this pill for you. This pill right here will heal you of all elbow pain, even the funny bone. You were oh man, so when I hit my elbow on the funny bone, I'll be healed from that. But then about 20, 30 seconds into the commercial, that commercial saying, oh, if you eat this pill and you find yourself, you might find your leg fall off and then your neck's going to be cro crooked and then your eyes going to fall out and then you're going to lose your hair. You, and they say it so softly, but you so in a daze 
with the music, and I just want my elbow here. Now you gotta take a pill for your elbow. Now you gotta take the pill for the other for your arm. You gotta take another pill for your neck. Now all of a sudden you are now in an addiction to to pharmaceutical pills, spiritually, emotionally, and physically to keep yourself functioning. But all you have to do is trust Jesus and let Him sustain you. Look at the ingredients of the things and the people you engage in and really look at how it damages your life. Watch a person's life all the way through and watch their commercial. Because when you listen to their commercial thoroughly, you will see that it will be more pain for you to be with them than it will be your help. Yes, they may have good sex. Yes, they stroke game is good. Yes, she got this in her repertoire sexually. Yes, he got the, he's financially stable, but is he emotionally stable? Y'all want a man who's financially stable, that man slapping you across the room. Yes, you got, it's, then you start justifying it. It's better to be slapped in a mansion than to be slapped in my mama's house or you with that woman not knowing that she's turning tricks and you think she's flying out of town for a job. She's flying, she's getting flewed out. She's getting flewed out to somebody else. Some of these people cause too much pain that is worth your time. But because you see no value in your time and because you don't see no value in you, you rather at least look good on the gram for a season. So all you care about is looking good for the gram, but you don't take you don't post the pictures of you getting slapped. You don't post the pictures of her cheating on you. You don't post that. Everybody can modify pictures to, to give off the impression that you're good. Most of the most sorrowful places on one of the most sorrowful, sad places on earth is on social media, where people post a bunch of highlights, but they're hurting when the lights are off. Whew. I'm telling the Holy Ghost is speaking on this evening. Let's keep going. Satan wants you and me in cycles. That's what he wants. Satan wants you and me in cycles. When we are in cycles of self-sabotage, woo, that's a message for another day. When we are in cycles of self-sabotage, there is not much work required of his demons. He wants you in cycles, so he sets you up <clears throat> with your tongue, with your taste, your, your desire, of, your desiring of some type of taste or whatever to get you in a cycle. He don't waste no time with those in cycles. Let's keep going because I'm getting ahead of myself. Satan wants you and me in cycles. When we are in cycles of self-sabotage, there is not much work required of his demons. They can then join forces to fight those that are disciplined. They don't waste time on those that are self-destructive, but on those that are self-disciplined. Are you chasing the... Are you chasing the Christ and his character, or are you still stuck in a sinful cycle? That's important. Don't let that sentence pass you by. When we are in cycles of self, self-sabotage, there is not much work required of his demons. Demons be leaving you to yourself because you self-sabotaging yourself. I've been guilty of that. When I became self-disciplined, then they're like, oh, shoot, Josh got his mind right. Oh, snap. Josh, that ain't Josh issue no more? He done broke out of those cycles? He done broke out of those chains? Oh, man, we got to team up on him. Leave little Susie Susu, leave little Nuki Nuke Nuke because they in cycles. We need you to come join. And that's why don't count it strange when you become disciplined that demonic resistance increase. Resistance is proof you're going in the right direction. They want you to get back in that cycle. So what happens is I am freed from Jimmy, you say. 
I'm freed from Amanda. I'm free. So you walk in that freedom. Oh, snap. She's free. Man. They start calling demons around the town. Yo, who is she? Who is she like? Demons be like, well, look at who she looks at on Instagram. Oh, I just love this man of God. He's so amazing. He's coming to town. I'm going to go to his service. So she's walking in freedom, but she's walking into a false prophet. She goes to that church. She's been binge watching him all day, all the time. He comes into town and she's so caught up. The demon's like, oh, she like this preacher. Oh, I'm going to make this preacher, quote unquote, prophesy to her, get her in her emotions. And then I'm going to have him give her favor so that when she finds out, oh, he's talking to me. Oh, I'm going to give him my number. All of a sudden now you his Atlanta toy. Now you don't became his Baltimore toy. Now you don't became his St. Louis toy. The enemy knows I, if you get out of one cycle, I'm going to try to get you in another cycle. You got to be very careful and not allow, oh, man, this resistance is coming to make me fall back. Into, listen, listen, the devil's going to do demons going to crank it up. That's why you got to be proactive. You got to know what you're getting yourself into. You got to know that when I find it the hardest to pray, I'm going to pray my hardest. When I find it the hardest to worship, I'm going to worship anyway. When I find it the hardest to read my Bible, I'm going to read it because they know if this kid and this young man, this young woman really gets it. Ooh, there's nothing. Because if you really get freedom and you're really free, you're dangerous. Free thinkers, not uh, um, critical thinkers, people who are free in their mind and actually can think for themselves biblically, dangerous. The devil don't want me out here helping y'all folk with this stuff. Because he knows if I, through the Holy Spirit, starts freeing people's minds, then it becomes a, a, a damaging effect. Then I get free, then you get free. That's what the Bible says. If if one person in the family is saved, the whole household can be saved because it's something powerful about salvation. And when people who know you, we're talking about when your uncle who knew you, your mama and your dad and your sisters and your siblings that knew you, and they see that you different, different, because they used to live with you and they know you, but you different, different, then you being different, different, Makes them inquire on how they could be different, different, and then they become different, different, and then they become the difference that makes somebody else different. Mm, 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 mm. When we are in cycles of self-sabotage, there is not much work required of his demons. I'm, I'm all I'm stepping in, I'm in everybody's business today because all of us struggle, have struggled, or is struggling with the soul type. They can then join forces to fight those that are disciplined. They don't waste time on those that are self-destructive, but on those that are self-disciplined. He wants you to get in such a place where you're so self-destructive that they they just they just they just they just check in every now and then. Are you self-destructive or are you self-disciplined? You don't defeat the devil through desire. I desire to be a man of God. I desire to be a woman of God. You defeat the devil through discipline. And that discipline comes from your dependence in God and your developing continuous love for him. You should be disciplined from your dependence. You should be disciplined because you're loved. Your discipline comes from your devotion. When I devote my life to God, I can't help but be disciplined. Why y'all think I put out two books and two card games last year? I don't care about all these different things. I am a pilgrim passing through. I'm on assignment. Until you awaken to the fact that you are on assignment, you will make, until you understand that, you won't make the adjustments that you need. Because I'm on assignment, I make adjustments. Because I'm called by God, I make adjustments. God, you saw fit to come find a, see about me. 
and you want me, you think I'm qualified enough to do this? Glory to God. I'm going to continue to devote my life into you. Devote, 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 and increase it because you were so uh, great in, in, in pursuing me. I got to discipline my life because God, I was talking to a young man I was coaching today. And if you want life coaching, you can contact me now for one-on-one coaching. Whatever your budget is, you let me know. We're going to make it work. Contact me now at IamUnplugged.com. Go to my coaching, custom coaching tab and come talk to me. I'm here this summer from June, from now until August 10th. I would love to help you. So contact me today. But I was talking to a young man that was coaching him about, uh, he's in ministry. He's a young brother, 19, wants to be in ministry, wants to pursue God. He has the heart for God. And I told him, I said, look, man, you got to understand the beauty of being disciplined. That that you got to understand that as you grow into things of God, resistance are going to happen. And as you begin to really see for yourself the fruit of faithfulness and how great time with God is, bro, you 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 will find you will find yourself finding gold. I I bro, listen to me. I know your ladies like that. He called me bro, bro, bro. We we talking talking now, bro. I'm telling you, spending time with God is the most valuable thing you can ever do. It's the best thing because. God doesn't give gold to people who rarely meet with him. He gives gold to those who says, I'm here. See, most people get the jobs that they get. Most people get advanced. And people get jealous of them because they feel like I got more degrees than her. I got more degrees than him. I come from a better family. How did she get elevated? You know why she got elevated? You know why he got promoted? Because he was available. The best ability is availability. See what I'm saying? So God don't care about how dope you can preach and how good you look and how 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 systematic you are. And, and he don't care about talent. God doesn't care about talent. He cares about time. He cares about time put in. He cares about quality time. He doesn't care about quality talent. He cares about quality time. You got to be available. So you know what I do? God, I'm available. So God be like, yo, you available? This joke ain't doing nothing. What I told him to do, I'm going to give you his idea. Because I know, Josh, you're going to make it happen. I'm not sitting there saying God gives somebody else idea, but God's going to be like, if he ain't going to do it, I'm going to use you. Oh, they getting complacent? They getting lazy? Well, shoot, they're talented. Do you know how many preachers been, been five years, six years in ministry school? Do you know how many people? I don't got no college degree. I don't got no seminary degree. I don't got nothing. But you know what I got? I got the ghost. And if I got the ghost in me, I don't care who's more talented. I don't care who can preach and who can do this, whatever. I'm available, though. I'm available. And if you want God to use you in a mighty way, <clears throat> you better increase the ability of availability. You see what I'm saying? You're right. I got wisdom. I don't got knowledge. I got wisdom. I got knowledge, but I got wisdom that's greater than any knowledge man can give me because I'm tapped into the source. I'm telling you, I told that young man, make yourself available and watch what God makes available to you. I told that young brother, I said, if you make yourself available, look and watch what God makes available to you. I done lost where I was talking about. Let's go to the next paragraph. I've been going for 50 minutes. Satan doesn't want you to have a soft hold, but a stronghold. Satan doesn't 
want a soft want you to have a soft hold but a stronghold there's a difference there's a difference based on your level of spiritual maturity or the renewing of your mind you can break free from a soft hold if i'm stronger than something and it's a soft hold i can break it because it's soft you know i can break free he doesn't want you to have a soft hold he wants you to have a stronghold if someone has a soft hold on you and you are stronger than them you can easily break free but if someone has a stronghold on you and they are stronger than you, then you can't break free. Once we sin, we are transferring our strength. He wants us to practice things, whether it's a uh, uh, sin, sin, or if it's just, uh, 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 I guess it's all sin. I'm talking about like, or poor habits, <clears throat> which is probably a sin as well. He knows that the more we interact in procrastination, more that we interact in all these different things, then it weakens us, Right. Once we sin, we are transferring our strength. He knows that all I got to do is make what I placed in you stronger than you. But don't you know that you versus the devil, just mano y mano or womano to womano, woman to woman, man to man, or man to devil, woman to devil, he, he's stronger than you by leaps and bounds. But when you Tap in with the Holy Ghost. You are stronger than him by leaps and bounds. When you know that, I got to stay. Me and Holy Ghost like this, bro. Oh, listen. Yo, you talking to me? Devil talk to me and the ghost. He wants you to have conversations with you and him. He don't want you to put the Holy Spirit in. in. He don't want you to put the Holy Spirit in the ring. He wants you in the ring with him because he knows he's stronger than you. And he knows that if you never consult the Holy Ghost and you never grow yourself up and build yourself up in your most holy faith and I make what your mama said against you stronger than you, if I can make uh, what your dad didn't say to you stronger than you, if I can get you upset with your dad and make you have daddy issues, then you're going to have husband issues. Right. If I can get you to have mama issues, then you're going to have husband wife issues. Right. So he knows how can I get the thing in you stronger than you. But what you got to understand is greater is he that's in you. And you got to allow him to strengthen you and break those strongholds because he's the only one strong enough to beat the devil's holes in our mind. Your energy, your enemy is after your energy. Do you know how many believers? are executing off for burnout, right? Do you know how many of us are daily executing off for burnout? Like your body's burnt out, like your spleen is like shot, like your liver is shot, like your intestinal digestion, like your immune system is shot, like, like your spiritual systems are shot, your emotional, your mind is shot. You can't even think creatively anymore. He wants us operating off for burnout. How many believers out there can't even win a small battle because they're burnt out? The enemy's after your energy. So what's taking your energy? That's the next question you have to ask yourself. What is taking my energy? It's crazy how we give our energy to all these wrong relationships and God is sitting there like this. That ain't going to sustain you. She ain't going to fulfill you. But we give Man, do you know, I wish God gave us a chart that shows our, where our energy goes. I wish God gave us an app. And I said, if you click on this app, <clears throat> you will see where all your energy goes. Like He'll be like, see, you see how you give all this energy to this no good Tyrone? Or you give this energy to this no good Tabitha? And they're taking all of your energy 
And then once they spend, every time they spend time with you, they take, 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 but never pour, pour, pour. And then that, and, and, and out of nowhere, y'all always have arguments at certain times. The enemy knows, oh, you've been praying, praying. Oh, you, you, you with God, with God, with God. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have your wife get upset with you. I'm going to have your husband get on your nerves. I'm going to have this happen to you. And then your energy shot. Don't count as strange when arguments come at certain times. Don't count as strange when your coworkers start tripping at certain times. He just wants you to begin to fight flesh with flesh. See, when you fight flesh with flesh, the flesh gets weak. But when you know that you don't war against this flesh, but you war in the spirit, then you can tap into the spirit that can defeat all spirits behind the flesh that's trying to war against you. Uh, let's keep going. Your enemies after your energy. Your energy equals your strength. If you try to execute on energy you don't have, you will eventually experience burnout. I lost my place. <clears throat> if you try to execute on energy you don't have, you will eventually experience burnout. That's what the enemy is after. He wants us to barter our energy for burnout. He wants you burnt out because if you burnt out, you can't, you can't really, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't win. God is our ultimate source. When we are plugged into him, we never run out of energy or resources. Hear me. When we are plugged into him, that's the whole purpose of the unplugger community. <clears throat> it's being plugged into God and unplugged from everything else. <clears throat> when we are plugged into him, we never run out of energy resource. Do you know that? That's, that's like a true statement. The spirit of God doesn't have to be recharged. The spirit of God doesn't need rest. The spirit is an eternal entity. Sourced. Where, where, where there's no need for supply. It's crazy how we look for outside resources versus tapping into our internal resource. Do you know the Holy Spirit is more powerful than Google? See, Google doesn't search the deep things of God. The Bible says the deep cry out of the deep. That the spirit of God knows even the depths, the, the depths of God. Google can't search God. You can go to Google, but Google can't tell you your purpose. Google can't tell you who your wife or husband. Google can't Google can't tell you day to day, play by play. Google can't tell you that. So it's crazy how many of us go to Google and we go to Gerard. And we go to our co-workers. We go to all these different people. But the Holy Spirit's like, look, do you know? That you have the search engines of all search engines? Do you know that you can go inside of me and type in whatever you need? And I, he said, if you lack wisdom about anything, he said, will I not give it to you freely? And doesn't Google give you information freely? Imagine if we practice a habit with the Holy Ghost where we be like, Holy Ghost is like our Siri. Holy, see. The Holy Ghost was Siri before there was a Siri. Holy Ghost. What am I supposed to do today? See what I'm saying? I don't know what noise the Holy Spirit makes. He's he going to be like, listen, follow my lead. <laughs> Y'all go to Siri before you go to the Holy Ghost. And you wonder why you're crazy. See what I'm saying? God is greater than Google. God's Spirit. It's 20 billion times better than Google. That's what the enemies are. He wants to the body. Okay, okay, where am I going? 
So in him, we have all the stuff we need, resources that we need. We need all that. My wife said, I'm preach, 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 preach. Oh, see, I'm preaching good when, when the wife say you preach good. All right. Even when we are tired, if we are working unto him, he will repay. But when we are constantly giving our energy into these pockets of sin, then we dilute our power. <clears throat> Meaning, there's going to be some things God wants you to do, and you're going to feel tired. There's been times God will wake me up at 3 in the morning. And for those who wake up 3 in the morning, there's a reason. See, uh, time is split up into uh, posts. So that that three to six window is one of the darkest hours of the day where the, where demons really do their work. And you got to think about it. Demons do a lot of work between three and six because they want to ensure that the day is set against you before. So when God wakes you up at three, he probably wants you to pray for people, send the gap for people and, and pray over yourself and position yourself and, and counsel. That's what I do when I before when I'm in my car. When I pull off, I counsel every demonic plot of the devil that's been set before me that day, my wife's day, my mama's day, my um, uh, um, uh, mother-in-law, my family, my dad, my sisters, my nieces, my nephews, my, my sisters-in-laws, everybody. I counsel those plots because I got the authority to do so. <clears throat> but when God wakes me up at three in the morning, I don't go back to sleep at all. And I got to be at work, but I only had two and a half hours of sleep. Yo, when I'm at work, I'm like, these kids are the same kids that was getting on my nerves the other day, but I'm supernaturally sustained. That's what I'm talking about. You can do things for God and God be like, I got you. And then when I do get home, those nap, that's why people are like, man, you be napping for three or four hours. Yeah. Cause God had me up for three or four hours. Okay. So God gave me a three or four hour nap to cancel the three or four hours <laughs> that I did uh, stay in the gap for people. <clears throat> That's what the enemy's after. He wants us to barter our energy for burnout. God is our ultimate. Okay, next next sentence. Even when we are tired, if we are working unto Him, He will repay. But when we constantly get when we when we are constantly giving over our energy into these pockets of sin, then we dilute our power. This system is an energy sucker. This system is an energy sucker. It uses porn, bad relationships, faulty family structures, cliques and clubs, carnal slash misguided support groups, media, music, etc., to drain us. He, this system is an energy sucker. It operates off for our energy. Demons feed off for energy. If you don't remember it, they feed off for energy. What they do is when you participate in porn or you having sex with someone outside of marriage, you know what that demon is doing? It's hovering over that sexual energy. It's hovering over it, feeding off of it, taking it, taking it because they know I now you're now giving me even more power to dominate you. That's what they want. They're energy suckers. They feed off of the energy. The world runs off of energy. Do you not know energy never stops? If I bring good energy, good energy floods, and that's why the Bible talks about the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on now, let's break it down. If I stay in a joyful state with God, I will always be strengthened. And then my joy, <clears throat> you ever been in a situation when you when you on fire for God, your joy has been strengthened and you don't let nobody take your joy? You don't got him blocked. You don't got her blocked because you know they call you every day around 10. Let me know you ain't going to steal my joy. And it, and it has an effect on your coworkers. It has an effect on your children. If you negative Nancy and you negative Nathan, you bringing the climate down. You bringing it down. 
I listen, I told them kids that I spoke to about fifth grade graduation. I said, listen, listen, every time I come into school, y'all become the product of my environment. I said, either, either you become a product of your environment or your environment becomes a product of you. So what I do is I bring the, I didn't say this because I'm in a public school. I can't say Jesus and all that stuff, but I bring the joy of the Lord in that school. And them kids and the teachers and people can't help but bow down to that joy. They can't help. They can't help. So what I do is I'm a beacon of joy. I'm a beacon of light because this joy I have, the world didn't give it. And if the world didn't give it, the world can't take it away. So he uses porn, bad relations, faulty family structures, cliques and clubs or friends, carnal slash misguided support groups. Carnal misguided means extreme feminist, extreme egotisticalness, uh, extreme Republican, extreme Democrat. These all these strong relationship support groups, media, music, etc. to drain us. Is your battery on 100 percent often or is it always on three percent? Look at your life and think about it. What is your battery got a bunch of green? And you're like, man, I'm at 98%. Okay, that's good. Or is your battery level down to yellow? Where it's like warning, warning, yellow. Or is it red? Where's your energy levels? The devil loves us around that yellow and red category. Listen, I also told that young man today, I said, listen, man. I said, a phone that's only charged once a week is only useful for a couple of days. A phone that's charged one time a week is only useful for a couple of days. You got to charge up often in order to be useful. If your phone is not charged, you can't get mad when you can't make a call. You didn't charge it. You can't get mad when you fall into that lust. You didn't charge yourself. You can't get mad when you fell into greed. You fell into that sin. You fell into another bad relationship. You can't get mad. You just didn't charge yourself. And if you got a bunch of stuff on your phone and your phone is going slow, you got to delete apps off your phone. You got to delete certain applications. <clears throat> so many of us got all these applications, all these ways of doing things. We got all these bad ways, bad apps. And then when we slow down and it takes 20 extra seconds um, 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 for, your, for yourself to be loaded or whatever, it takes longer than it should. Possibly you got too many apps on you. If you delete those apps, you can then run smoothly. So what we have to do in life, we got to make sure that we charge ourselves often and remove unnecessary, unuseful, unbeneficial apps. Get the games out of your life. Get all these other apps off your life, these dating apps and these game apps. Get them off so that you can run smoothly. Is your battery level on 100% often? Or you always find yourself at 3%. <clears throat> We are not mentally tired for no reason. Listen, you're not mentally tired for no reason. You were set up to be mentally tired. Nobody's mentally tired for no reason. It, there's a reason. We're not mentally tired for no reason. There is a reason why you are worn out mentally. If your mind is tired, your senses become low. He wants you mentally tired so your senses will be low. Now your eye that used to be straight and forward on the things of God is now looking at every young lady and every young man that passes you by. Now the same person that was on a vegan diet eating well, now you done tasting all kind of bad stuff. Stuff You ain't looking at no ingredients. Your senses becomes low when your mind is tired. <clears throat> if your mind is tired, your senses become low. You will begin to forget who you are in Christ, who you are to yourself, and who you are to society. In Christ, you are strong but in Christ, you are strong. But with Christ, you learn how to use your strength. Listen, 
All those who are in Christ are new creatures. You're strong. You got Christ's strength. But but I need to learn how to use that strength. Like, if I got a gun, with my gun, like if, if I have a gun and I don't know how to shoot it, then when it's time to shoot, I ain't going to be able to shoot how I need to shoot. But the more I practice with it, the more I use it, the more I get engaged with it, then bop, 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 bop. You, you, you done done, right? This is a daily journey. I got to learn how to use the strength of Christ. Let's keep going. Stay with Christ and steward your energy. And don't let the enemy make a mountain out of a molehill, a patch of grass into a forest, or a Lego build into a tower. That goes on what we talked about earlier. I've been going for an hour and seven minutes. I got an activity for you in the book. See, with these videos, I'm not going to give you guys worksheets. Get the book. So you got the worksheets for yourself. The worksheets are in the book. For those who have their books, I want you to take some time to answer this question. What are those things that you are stronger than, but it's hindering you from going forward? Think about that. I'm stronger than a honey bun. I can knock a honey bun out. But I become weaker than a honey bun when I give that honey bun unnecessary strength. What are those things that you are stronger than, but it's hindering you from going forward? What are those things in your life that you made strong, that you need to weaken and remove? That's keeping you from going forward. Let's keep going. I got, uh, oh, uh, one and a half pages. All right, let's get through it. The next part of the book, chapter, page 33, not just what, but why. Why are you soul tied? Why are you soul tied? <clears throat> the question I want you to focus on is not what you are tied to, even though that is important, but rather I want you to focus on why you are tied to it. You know you tied. You know you're still tied to your ex. You know you're still tied um, to this, to this, to this food. I know you know you, you know you know you you know you still tied. The question is not what you're tied to, even though that's a good question to answer, and we I want you to answer it. But the question is why are you tied to it? Let's keep going. <clears throat> the what is noticeable, but the why not so much. The what you know that you can notice. You know that's noticeable. I know I'm tied to her. I know I'm tied to him. I know I'm tied to them. I know I'm tied to that. I know I'm tied to this. All right. But the why is not so much. Why? Sometimes you get involved with something and you like, how did I get here? Why am I even here? Let's keep going. In order to be free, you must find the seed of the situation or when it was conceived. In order to be freed from that gentleman, you just can't blame the gentleman. The gentleman is just a byproduct of something bigger. <clears throat> the gentleman is just a byproduct of your daddy issues. The girl is just a byproduct of you being overly mama, over mama. You know what I'm saying? So many of us, we, it's my ex fault. It's his fault. It's her fault. No, 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 no. That's just the surface. That's just the symptoms. Baby girl, that's just the symptoms. Baby boy, that's just the symptoms. It's just the symptoms. You got to go down to when this whole thing was conceived. You got to get to the place. Is it because of what my mama said? Is it because of what my daddy did? Is it because of what my aunt did? Is it because of what uh, my dad and mama allowed into the house? What was it? What was it? See, many people we blame, we only treat the symptoms. We, we like the doctors. Treat the symptoms, symptoms, but we never treat the source of the problem. In order to be free, you must find the seed of the situation, the seed of the situation, or when it was conceived. Everything, and I mean everything except for God, has a beginning. Your current situation, negatively, that you're facing, has a beginning. It began somewhere. 
The only person, the only two things that never had a beginning, beginning was God and math. <laughs> One when one plus one was with God from the beginning, and God didn't even have no beginning. We can't comprehend God not having a beginning because we had a beginning. His ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts, his his essence is not our essence. We came from a conception, we had a beginning. God never had a beginning. My wife said something powerful. She said, pull it from the root. You got to get the root out and the seeds, those roots leave. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. It's going to awesome place. Everything, I mean, everything except for God has a beginning. Find the beginning and you can find the path to freedom. Holy Spirit, this is what you need to do. Holy Spirit, when did this soul tie begin? When did this soul tie begin? When did this stronghold begin? This oak tree has been in my life, has been in my marriage for four to five years, 20 to 30 years. God, when did this begin? The issue is the devil knows that many of us would never ask God that question. So what we do, we tolerate the tree. We tolerate the oak tree in the room. You know the people say the elephant in the room? No, we tolerate. You sitting there, you got this big oak tree. Your baby boy can see it. Your daughter can see it. Your wife can see it. Your husband can see it. Your neighbors can see it. It's blocking everybody's view of God. Woo! Your porn issue, man, is blocking your son's view of God. Your, your daddy issues is blocking your daughter's view of God. Cut that tree down so they can see God. Woo! Woo! I don't, Lord, who did you, where did this come from? I get shocked when I say stuff. Your ish, your oak tree, your stronghold has been in your life and is blocking your son and your daughter's view of God. Get, the, get, get that tree out so that your son can see God, so that your daughter can see God. Ooh. Hmm. Find the beginning. You can find the path to freedom. For years, we have been fighting the what instead of searching for the why. You must go all the way back to when you were introduced to what you are so tied to now. See, your enemy doesn't fight fair and takes every opportunity of vulnerability. Your enemy doesn't fight fair, man. He's going to get you when you're vulnerable. And you know when all of us were vulnerable? When we were kids. Let's keep going. See, your enemy doesn't fight fair <clears throat> and takes every opportunity of vulnerability. He didn't tempt Jesus when he was about his father's business at 12 or when he was being baptized by John. He was tempted when he was hungry and vulnerable. And was, Listen, there's no record in the Bible. Yeah, fear can be a soul tie. Fear is definitely a soul tie. When you're afraid of something, that thing is keeping you from being uh, faithful in a certain area. If you have fear of, 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 of following through what God wants you to follow through, you're going to miss out on what God asks for you. On the opposite side of on the opposite side of fear is everything great in life. Fear is a stronghold and soul tie that is birthed from somebody saying, well, I don't think you should do that. Or oh, there's lions out there. The Bible talks about in Proverbs, the man who says there's the reason why I'm not doing X, Y, and Z is because there's a line. There might be a there's a line in the street. Ain't no line in no street. You're just making every excuse not to do what you need to do. And that's what fear does. Let's keep reading. It says he didn't tempt Jesus when he was about his father's business at 12 or when he was being baptized by John. He was tempted when he was hungry and vulnerable in the wilderness. 
There's no record. You so welcome, Porter Stream. There was no record in the Bible, no record in the Bible that he was tempted. And I, we don't know. We just we just know there's no record that Jesus was tempted between the years of twelve or tested. But now he he went through some stuff where they had to move from city to city. But there's no record between twelve and thirty. We see the devil coming in the scene trying to tempt him. Oh, and the devil was so dumb. The devil was stupid and he was dumb. Like, bro, you know who the you know who the OG is. You know this Jesus, bro. You didn't think that he was going to utilize the wilderness to punk you. You didn't know he was going to be Ashton Kutcher and be in the wilderness and punk you and make you think that you can be, defeat him. But then he has you looking crazy. Must have been stupid. He always looks for more opportune. He looks for a more opportune time where he can capitalize. He's a punk, but a smart punk. What I mean is he lurks in the shadows. How can I get? Oh, 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 oh. She left the window unlocked. She left the door cracked. He left the back window, the sliding door window in the back. He was out there grilling earlier, but he left that door open. He was grilling. And I, and I must admit, the devil demon's like, I must admit, those gr that grilled chicken smelled really good. But he left that sliding door open. So now let's capitalize now. He always looks for a more opportune time where he can capitalize. He will take 10 minutes of vulnerability. This is the most powerful, one of the most powerful things in this book. He will take 10 minutes of vulnerability at 10 years old to ensure he has a 10-year hold. Woo! When God gave me that boy, I was like, man, I wish I was a rapper. He will take a 10-minute of vulnerability at 10 years old to ensure he has a 10-year hold. So when you're 10 years old, you know no better. He says, okay, mama and daddy too busy. So I'm going to creep in right now on this young man at 10 years old to ensure I have a 10-year hold on him. And there's one thing that happened to him at 10, we'll be with him into his 20s, and then we could try to, by his 20s, we're going to try to keep it until he's 30. <clears throat> he will take 10 minutes of vulnerability at 10 years old or 12 years old or 14 years old to ensure he has a 10-year hold. He doesn't want a 10-minute hold or a 10-month hold he wants decades, ladies and gentlemen. He doesn't want to hold you for 10 minutes. Oh, wrestling, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. Oh, oh, defeat me. He doesn't even want to have a 10-week a hold. Oh, I got him for 10 weeks. Ah, 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 he broke loose. Okay, but we had him for 10 weeks, though. He doesn't even want a 10-month hold. Ah, we fight you wrestling him for 10 months. Ooh, get out the way, devil. devil. Ooh, psh, psh, Jesus rebukes you. Psh. 10 months you've been struggling. Ah, ah, and you break free. mm, -mm, -mm, -mm. He doesn't want no 10-minute hold. He doesn't want no 10-week hold. He doesn't want no 10-month hold. He wants decades. He wants decades. He wants you still dealing with your daddy issues at 50 years old. He wants you still dealing with your insecurities and your narcissistic behavior at 40 years old. He wants decades. Because not a lot can happen Hear me? Not a lot can happen in 10 minutes. <laughs> Not a lot can happen in 10 months, but a lot can happen decades from now. So if he has this oak tree in your life and he starts building that tree, he knows a lot of things can happen in decades. 
a lot of transitional, transformative, life-altering things can happen in decades. Not too much can happen in 10 minutes. Your life can now 10 minutes can lead to a 10-year hole, but 10 minutes, you oh man, I can't really I can't get none of them. 10 months, I, I tried, I tried, but he got with God and it broke free. But if he got decades on you, he knows marriage can happen in a decade, in decades, having kids can happen, starting a ministry can happen, a death in the family can happen, and he wants his tree or trees to be in the middle of your yard, keeping you from being the husband or the wife God wants you to be, or keeping you from being the father or mother God desires you to be, keeping you from being the minister, friend, co-worker God wants you to be. He wants you tied to a tree he planted instead of embracing what Christ did on a tree for you. That's what he wants. The enemy knows. <clears throat> Okay, if I can get this to happen at 10 years old, build an insecurity in her at 10 years old, build an insecurity in him at 10 years old, I got one tree of insecurity growing. So about time he gets a 13 to get pornography, I can get a second tree growing in him. By the time I get her and she's low insecurity and low self-esteem and get her to have a baby by 18 years old, if I can get them at 20 years old and they've been in youth group all their life, but I get them into that secular college and mess with their mind, now I got four big root trees growing in their life. And all of a sudden, now those trees are growing silently over the decades of your life. And as those trees begin to grow, now you done got married, but you got four trees in. Now you don't have, now you got kids. Now more trees are growing. Strongholds are growing. Now you start a ministry, but you're hurt. Now you got a death in your family. Now you don't know how to deal with that. And he wants his trees or trees in the middle of your yard. He wants all those trees in the middle of your yard, keeping you from being who you need to be. Let's keep going. He wants you tied to a tree he planted instead of embracing what Christ did on the tree for you. Whom the son says free is free indeed. He wants you to be tied to all these different trees instead of saying, looking over there and seeing what he, what Jesus did on the tree for you to set you free. Off of, he, he, he died on a tree so that you can uproot your trees. That's right. People started ministries in pain and putting their pain in their congregants. He wants you to grow with your voice, with feelings of neglect and abandonment. He wants you to feel betrayal. He wants you to feel low so that he can fill you up with all kinds of suggestions that will turn into strongholds. It's hard to be victorious when you are vulnerable, but never forget who won the victory over your vulnerabilities and who died so you can reclaim your dominance. You were created to have dominion, not only over the birds of the air or the fish in the sea, but the thoughts that are flying and swimming in your mind right now. Kill what could be by removing the seeds. He gave you dominion over the birds of the air and the fish in the sea. And he got he gave you dominion over the birds and the fishes that swim and fly in your mind every day. And he says, you know what? Kill what could be by removing the seeds. <clears throat> what do you what kill what could be? Meaning, listen, when, when a tree is thin, it's easy to uproot. Kill what could be. By removing the seeds. When you feel like, okay, I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill my time with watching these shows. I'm gonna kill the, I'm gonna kill these shows out of my life. I'm gonna kill this music out of my life. I'm gonna kill the not kill these friends, but I'm gonna remove these friends out of my life. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be dead to them. I'm gonna be, I gotta, I gotta do what I gotta do because y'all are planting unnecessary seeds. And I'm gonna go to God and I'm allow God to pull out all these seeds out of my heart so they won't become trees blocking the views of those who are up under me. Right now, you can be free. Freedom begins with God, specifically Jesus.
whom the sun sets free is free indeed. A lot of people like this picture right here, like this picture of this bird in the cage. The cage door been open for you for years. There's no shackles. There's nothing. But you rather stay in the cage. Jesus has opened the cage door for you for a lot of us many years. But it'd be crazy. People walking by your, your cell every day. Your coworkers walking by your cell. Your mama walking by your cell. Your husband walking by your cell. Your wife walking by your cell. Your children walking by your cell. And they're looking at you like, but mama, but daddy. Bay, Boo, Boaz, whatever you call each other, all right? Roof, Boaz, whatever y'all, you know? Why are you still in that cage? And you looking at that like, well, I don't really know. I don't, am, am I free or am I not free? Bruh, this, door, this cage door has been open for years. When are we going to leave these open cage? Jesus opens the door, but he is a gentleman. He is not going to force you out of those cages. He's going to set you free. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. You set free. Set free begins when he took it on the cross. The door has been opened. Free indeed must. I got to walk out of that cage. The goal is not to find out what your soul tied to, even though that's a good question. That's good to find out. But that's, those are the surface things. You got to find out why. What happened to you when you were seven? What happened to you when you was 10? If you show me your friends, I can show you your future. If you show me your family, I can show you your foundation. What 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 foundation do you have in your life? I'm telling you. I want you. Oh, I got activities. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, y'all. Okay. For those who have the book, I got two questions over here. What soul ties or strongholds are in your life right now? If you don't have the book, get a sheet of paper or get the book. What soul ties slash strongholds are in your life right now? Be honest. This is time for you to reflect. If you don't got the book, I'll just get a sheet of paper to say, these are the strongholds and soul ties in my life. The next box, when were they conceived? Was it conceived when you was 10? Was it conceived when you was four? Was it conceived when you was molested, raped, abused, misused? When was it conceived? Was it conceived because you was left alone with that pornography? When was it conceived? Next page, activity. What caused them to develop? What is contributing to the growth of that seed? What are you allowing around your life that's developing that? Next question. How are they affecting you as a man, husband, uh, husband? <laughs> watch out for husbands. <laughs> Ladies, watch out for husbands. <laughs> husbands that got women. To, I'm just, <laughs> that's a word for later on. Watch out for husbands. Husbands that's more woman like. How are you affect? How are they affecting you as a man, woman, husband? <laughs> how are they affecting you as a man? woman, husband, wife, parent, minister, business owner, etc. How are they affecting you? Because the more you begin to think about it, you'll be like, you know what? I'm tired of this thing affecting me negatively in my life. Uh, Holy Spirit, I'm going to cooperate you to get free from this. Next week, we're going to talk about on page 37, healthy versus unhealthy soul ties to people. Healthy versus unhealthy soul ties to people. I have eight things we're going to talk about. If you have a healthy or unhealthy soul tied to people, places, products, perspectives, passions or purposes, power, the past and the person of God. You can even you can even have an unhealthy tie to God. And I'm going to talk about it. But next we're going to talk about unhealthy, healthy versus unhealthy soul ties to people. Let me pray for you because I'm done because coach is hungry and I, I got to spend time with my wife. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for my. 
These great people that's watching me online, listening online, I pray that you keep them. Holy Spirit, after I have done, I've done my part, I know you are well able, exceptionally able to do your part. I'm tapping you in now. I've stirred their faith. I was obedient to you. I was led by you. I've, I, the fruit is in the message that you spoke today, not me. I don't know if that was you cracking jokes, if that was me cracking jokes, but I know either way, you used me. And with that confidence, I know that whoever's watching me right now, this young woman, this young man, faith is stirred. And I already know you're taking uh, uh, the ingredients of this message and you're stirring it even more to make it a part of who they are. Through the authority that's been given to me, I come against every demonic spirit that's coming against my brother and sister. They will be free. They are free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I command you to loose them. I command you to, uh, 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 your plots and schemes to be canceled. Your power is being loosed off of them now because they have, they have the truth. And the Holy Spirit is going to ensure that the truth will be walked in their life where you will have little to no effect on them anymore. Holy Spirit, I turn my attention back to you. The triune, the trinity, Father, Son, the Spirit, you working as one. I think that you are working in them now, keeping them and sustaining them, Father. She's never do pray. Amen. Love you guys. Pray this was a blessing. This video will be available. In about two or three minutes, if you want to rewatch it, please do, because I, there's a lot of nuggets that was in there that I can't remember, but I think will be a blessing to you. Um, you will, uh, Poet Extreme, you so welcome. I'm telling this book, I'm telling, the Holy Spirit wrote this through me. I'm just a vessel. Uh, thanks, babe. Babe said I had an awesome message. You know what I'm saying? Noah's good. You know, awesome message. So I pray you guys have a blessed one. I got to go. I love you guys. Links in the description box below. Anything and everything you know about me is on my website, IamUnplugged.com. If you want to give, if you want to get involved, if you want to get coaching services, if you want to get my books, everything is there. I am unplugged. I-A-M-U-N-P-L-U-G-G-E-D.com. Everything you need to know. If you want to bring me out to your city, more than welcome. You want them coaching sessions? You see how this video was? I have over uh, 15 or so, 15 to 18 clients now. I've coached about uh, 10 of them so far. Oh, no, not 10, about nine of them so far. And man, if you want these one-on-one -on -one sessions with me, listen, you can ask anyone. I ain't going to put their business out there, but I would love to serve you this, this summer. It's all the way into August 10th. If you just want to have a conversation, it's not free, but uh, whatever, you, whatever you can do, I will customize a coaching session for you to help you better understand your relationships, your singleness, help you develop and understand your walk with God, uh, branding and marketing coaching. Look at my website, IamUnplugged.com for all my coaching niches. Um, um, whatever you can do, I'll find a way, okay? Um, so I'll customize it according to what your budget is. I love you guys, y'all be blessed. Hey man, you can be free. You already been free, just walking in freedom. Love you guys, be blessed.